Well, it is so great to be with y'all on this beautiful day that the Lord has made. Here we are Sunday, November 15th, just a couple of days away from Thanksgiving and so forth, and hope that you are just preparing for all that and just being thankful for what God has given you and uh, the money blessings that He's provided for you. Well, today we're going to continue in our series on Genesis in the beginning, and today I want to talk to you about God's covenant with us as we look at Genesis 9, 1 through 3 in a moment, and 6 through 17 as well. Now, God made covenants with man in the book of Genesis, and a covenant is a commitment or an agreement between two parties. And God had two types of covenants with humanity. Some were conditional and then others were unconditional, meaning one was dependent on what God's people did uh, to keep that commitment intact with the Lord, while another meant God would do what He said He would do no matter what we did in the process. And the covenant always reveals some aspect of a, about who God is. It, it reveals the character of God. And in today's passage, we'll see the covenant that God made with Noah as it reveals some important things regarding the sinful nature we have as humanity and also a glimpse into God's perfect nature and how He wants us to deal with this thing called L-I-F-E, life. So it says this in Genesis 9, 1 through 3, 6 through 17. It says this, Then God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the terror of you will be on every animal of the earth and on every bird of the sky, on everything that crawls on the ground and on all the fish of the sea. They are handed over to you. Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. And I have given everything to you as I gave the green plant. Verse 6 says, Whoever sheds human blood by man, his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundant and multiply in it. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons and with him saying, Now behold, I myself, I am establishing my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every animal of the earth with you. And of all that comes out of the ark, every animal of the earth, I um, establish my covenant with you and all flesh shall never again be eliminated by the waters of a flood nor shall there be a flood to destroy the earth God said this is the sign of the covenant which I'm making between me and you and every living creature that is with you and for all future generations I have set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall serve as a sign of a covenant between me and the earth it shall come about when I make a cloud appear over the earth that the rainbow will be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the rainbow is in the cloud, then I will look at it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Lord, we thank you for this time to gather together and to dissect your word. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal things in us that we need to continue to grow in or go forward in, Lord Jesus, as we um, hide your word in our heart that we may not sin against you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, in this passage of Scripture, God gives Noah and his sons uh, and his family four rules to remember when it comes to this thing called life. And the first one that we see is that God wanted life to be multiplied. He wanted life to be multiplied. God said, be fruitful and multiply. For example, from the line of Shem, Abraham was born. And of course, he would be God's chosen person to develop the Jewish uh, nation of Israel. And from that nation, Jesus would come to this world to eventually crush the serpent's head. Amen. Now, the Bible describes children as a blessing. 
not a curse. I know sometimes they can be difficult or whatever it may be, or even us as children to our parents, we could have made their life a little miserable. But children are a blessing from God and not a curse. And to have a lot of children or grandchildren back in the Old Testament days signified the favor of God on your life. Now today, some in our nation view the life of the unborn as a choice rather than looking at life as favor from God. And children, no matter how they come into this world, they should be looked at as a blessing. Whether they're special needs or everything's fine, they are all a blessing in God's sight rather than an inconvenience by some. For example, in nearly 200 years of American history, starting with the Revolutionary War, more than 1.2 million military personnel have been killed in nine major wars. We've just uh, celebrated our veterans and I want to say to all of our veterans out there, thank you for your sacrifice and your service to our, our, na our great nation and also to your families and your loved ones who move around and and go to different posts and so forth. We just want to say thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed a wonderful Veterans Day on November the 11th. But unfortunately, uh, in all of those nine major wars, 1.2 million personnel have been killed. But in one year in America, 1.6 million babies are legally aborted. We all need to remember that life is a gift from God. Life is a gift from God and children are a heritage from the Lord. Amen. They must be treasured. They must be protected. They must be invested in so that God receives all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Amen. Now God showed Noah and his family that he not only wanted life to be multiplied, but secondly, God wanted to show them how to sustain life, how to sustain life. Now we understand that Cain was a farmer and Abel was a shepherd, but now Noah and his sons would become hunters. They would become hunters, and since animals could reproduce rapidly the, from the beasts of the field and the birds of the air, they could o easily overturn the human population if things didn't go right. So, so God showed Noah and his family how to sustain life on the earth through food. 1 Timothy 6, 8 says, And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Now, in this thing called life, we all think that there's several things that we need to be content Probably in the 1900s, they probably thought there was maybe 50 things that you needed to be content in. And now in, in the day and age that we're living in, there's probably 500 plus things that people think, oh, I need this in order to be content. I need this in order to be content. But the Bible tells us that food and clothing with these, we shall be content. And, and God continued to reveal why life was so important to him, that he not only wanted life to be multiplied, that he not only wanted life to be sustained in, in what he had given man and how they could hunt for food and so forth. But the third thing God wanted is God wanted to teach us how to protect life. Not just to be multiple and be fruitful and, and how to sustain and, and grow in this thing called life, but how to protect it. And in Genesis 5, in Genesis 9, 5, the second part of 9, 5 and 6, it says, and more each, to, and, and more each man too, I will demand an accounting of the life of his fellow man. Whoever sheds human blood by man, his blood shall be shed for in the image of God, he made them. Now, friends, I want you to understand that when we interact with one another, we are interacting with people made by God. We're interacting with people made by God. God wants us to recognize His image in all humanity. 
no matter the political parties, no matter the ethnicity, uh, no matter the denominations, uh, no matter no matter the economic society or the economic impact of all individuals, everyone is created in the image of God. And we have to remember that nobility and dignity is in all human life, no matter what we're seeing in our culture today. And God saw that human beings didn't have a good record of caring for one another back in those days. Why? Because every human born was a sinner. You and I, as soon as we are conceived and we are born into this thing called the the world or this earth, we are sinners. And we have all sinned and and fallen short of the glory of God. We will all be held accountable for every word and for every deed we've done, both good, bad, and ugly, since the time we were born. And, And God will not tolerate sin no matter how small or insignificant it might be or, or big it might be in, in our eyes. Think about this, friends. Adam just ate a piece of fruit. Seems like a small thing, but in the eyes of God, it was huge. And from then on, man decided to destroy one another. Think about it. Cain killed his brother Abel in Genesis 4.8. Lamech killed a young man and he bragged about it. You can read about it in Genesis 4, 23 through 24. And the earth had been filled with all sorts of violence according to Genesis 6, 11 and 13. And a penalty had to be paid for all of this violence, for all of this destruction of life. And justice had to be served. God now wanted humanity to know that if they took the life of another human being, that from here on out, they would have to answer to him. They would have to answer to God. God made humanity in his image and continues. And to attack and to destroy another human being was to attack God, the nature of God, the character of God. And because of that, the Lord will bring judgment on the offender. God wants us to understand, again, like I've said earlier, life is a gift from God. If you are breathing, if if God has given you the ability to, to have life, it is a gift no matter what shortcomings you may have or, or things that you're experiencing in your life or, or certain handicaps or whatever it may be, life is a gift from God. And to take away life means to take the place of God. You're trying to be the Lord over that circumstance or over that situation. And we need to understand that the Lord not only gives life, but He alone has the right to take it away. Why do I say that? Because in Job 1.21, Job said this, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, besides God wanting to uh, life to be reproduced, life wanting to be sustained, third, God wanted life to be protected, God wanted Noah and his family and those who would occupy the earth to enjoy it, to enjoy it. Despite the, the battle of the flood, Noah and his family enjoyed the blessings of God's love. They enjoyed the blessings of God's love. Even though God hates sin, He loves to save sinners. Even though God wiped out the wickedness of the face of the earth, He made a provision to save those who repented of their sins. God's free gift of mercy, if you think about it, friends, is available to all of us. It's available to all of us. There's certain times where we go to a store or we look at a car and we think, oh, if I could just... uh, get that car, if I could just buy that piece of, of uh, furniture or, or that thing for my home or the, the, that certain piece of clothing, but you look at the price tag and you realize, man, I just can't afford that. I've got to save up for it. Let me tell you something, friends. God's gift of mercy is free. It's available to all of us. You don't have to save up for it. You don't have to put it on leeway like we used to do back in the days. You don't have to put it on credit. 
God's mercy is available to all of us and it is a free gift. Now, in Genesis 9, 8 through 17, many theologians call this the, the Norak covenant. Uh, this unconditional covenant was God's loving concern, not just for Noah, not just for his descendants, but for all the generations to come, as well as every living creature too. When God said that he would never again flood the entire earth, three times he said, never again, never again. Again, many claim that global warming will cause a, a major flood if mankind doesn't take care of the earth, but God promised otherwise. Yes, God did not, not promise that the did not promise that the earth would exist forever. He didn't make that promise. He, he said that it's going to be destroyed. But God made a covenant that he would never forget and that he would never flood the entire earth again. And from that day on, Noah and his family could enjoy life. They never had to worry when it started to rain again, like, oh no, let's get back in the ark. No, there would never be another flood that would cover the entire earth again in that moment when it would begin to rain. And in the process of making a covenant, God gave Noah and his family a visible sign as well as to the animals. And that was a rainbow. Whenever people see a rainbow, you think of Skittles. No, I hope not. I think whenever you think of a rainbow, there's a lot of things that, that should remind us. We should remember God's promise that no future universal flood will ever destroy humanity. Now, a rainbow is caused when sunlight filters through the water in the air. Each drop becomes a prism to release the colors hidden in the white light of the sun. And even though rainbows are fragile, they are beautiful, and nobody ever has to pay to see a rainbow. You never do, friends. That's the grace of God. That's the beauty of God. Their colors remind us of what Peter called in 1 Peter 4.10, the manifold grace of God. Now, a rainbow should always remind us of God's gracious covenant and the many colored graces of God. It should remind us of his faithfulness to his word as well. And in this picture that you're seeing of a rainbow that was taken over um, the church, it was taken by Suzanne Young uh, probably a couple of years ago, but what a beautiful picture. And as you're looking at that picture, a rainbow should never cause us to fret. A rainbow should never cause us to worry, but rather a rainbow should remind us of God's grace and faithfulness. A rainbow should be a reminder of God's commitment to us. God has been committed to this church for almost 99 years. Amen. Yes, we will experience storms individually, collectively and as a church, but God promised that those storms will not destroy us. As you look at that picture, listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 4.17. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. You know, friends, I'm so thankful for a rainbow. I'm so thankful for the covenant that God has made with us that he didn't just make with Noah and his descendants and the creatures back then, but he makes for us today. When you think about a bow and arrow, what is the first thing that comes to your mind besides hunting or, or I don't know what it may be, but a, a bow is an instrument of war. Think about that. A bow and arrow is an instrument of war. But God transformed that bow into a rainbow, into a picture of his love, into a picture of his grace and faithfulness and a guarantee for peace. And a rainbow is universal and God's grace is sufficient for the entire world. God's grace is sufficient for your world and for your needs. And God placed a rainbow in this world to, to announce to the world that his grace not only is sufficient for them, but it's able to be given to them. Now, in the storms of life, we always look for the rainbow of God's covenant promise. 
But for example, Noah had to wait until after the storm was over to see a rainbow. If you read Ezekiel 1.28, Ezekiel saw a rainbow in the middle of his storm. If you go to Revelations 4, 6 through 7, we read about John in the New Testament who saw a rainbow before the storm. But you see, friends, we will always see the rainbow of God's promise if we look for it by faith. If we look for it by faith, God will always make his mercy available to us. Even though God will, will not destroy the earth by a universal flood, let me just tell you something, friends. His judgment is going to come upon our land. The, the earth will eventually be destroyed, but until then, God's grace, God's mercy is freely available to all of us as sinners who continually sometimes to even reject his grace. That is why Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So I want to encourage you, friends, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed in this moment, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Number one is this. A covenant reveals some aspect of who God is. And what area of your life do you need to be reminded of today regarding the Lord's covenant with you, regarding his character for you this day? Maybe God gave you a promise and you haven't seen that promise come to fruition and, and you're struggling or you're, you're wondering, God, where are you? Trust in the Lord. Trust in his character. Trust in who God is to see you through. Secondly, when it comes to the four areas of life, which area do you feel you need to work on? Maybe there's some multiplication that God wants you to work on. Maybe there's some sustaining that the Lord wants you to do. Maybe there's some protecting or, or maybe you just need to enjoy this thing called life. You've been so wrapped up in so many things that you have forgotten about the blessings that God has given you, whether it's your spouse or your children or your grandchildren or your home or your car or your, your clothes or, your, or the food he's provided for you. We have to view life as a gift from God. Don't take it for granted. Don't be frustrated by it. Don't be angry with it. But maybe that's where you're at today. And maybe in one of those four areas, you're like, you know what, Lord, I need to, I just need to relax. I need to enjoy the gifts that you've given me. Maybe that's where you're at. Third, is there an area of your life that you're fearful or you're worrying about today? Remember the covenant signs, especially when you're going through a storm. You're going to see the rainbow of God's grace. You're going to see the rainbow of God's faithfulness and what he has given you through his word. You just need to trust him. You need to not worry. You need to not be in fear, but you need to understand that the Lord, your God is with you today. And finally, do you want to give your life to Christ as your personal Lord and Savior or eat for the first time or you want to rededicate your life to him? You realize that you're struggling. You realize that you need to, to not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I want to pray for y'all today as we wrap today's service. Father, I pray for those, Lord God, that, 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 that Lord are struggling in the area of, of the covenant that you've made with them. Oh Lord, they're struggling in a certain area of your life that they have forgotten about your character. They have forgotten about your nature, that you are sovereign, that you're in control, that you have a plan, that you have a purpose through the hurt and through the pain and through the turmoil, that Lord, you will see them through. You will make ways where there seems to be no ways. So God, reveal who you are to them sometime this week. Let there be breakthrough. Let there be miracles this month in their lives, Lord. When it comes to the four areas of their life, maybe, Lord, there's an area that they, they need to multiply in, Lord. Or maybe there's an area that they need to sustain or protect or just enjoy. But whatever it is right now, Lord, as they cry out to you, God, hear their cry and attend to their prayer and lead them to the rock that's higher than any of the circumstances or situations they're facing. And Father, maybe there's someone that's fearful or they're worrying about today or they're going through a storm and, and they have forgotten about the signs and wonders for those that believe, Lord. I pray 
God, that spiritually, whether they see a rainbow or physically, Lord God, that your grace, that your faithfulness will, will, will come forward for their life through your word, Lord Jesus. And God, we thank you that you're faithful and you're just, Lord God, and that nothing is too difficult for you. And Lord, for the individual that realizes that they need to give their life to you or rededicate their life to you, Lord Jesus, God, I pray then thank you that today is the day of salvation, Lord. Just like we read, Lord God, just like it says, Lord Jesus, you have a plan, you have a purpose through all things, Lord God. And we give you glory that the accepted time is now the day of salvation, as it says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Lord Jesus. And Father, I pray for that individual. And if that's you, just repeat this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteous acts. Jesus, I believe you died on that cross. Three days later, you rose from the grave. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I thank you, according to 1 Timothy 6, 17, that you give us richly things to enjoy. And so, Father, I pray that they would enjoy this wonderful gift of salvation or rededication to you. In the name above all names, we pray. Amen. God, we thank you for the covenants that you have made with us. And we pray as your people that we would continue to walk in faith, that we would continue to walk in victory and trust you for the victory is ours when the battle belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. And now here's Monty with some great things to share with you. And then I've got a giving living, giving living moment to share with you to wrap up today's service. Have a wonderful day.